0: Hey everyone and welcome to episode eight of the Official Gears podcast. My name is Brian and I am here as always with my good friend and fellow mouse expert, Alan Warren. How are you, buddy? I am magical today. How are you? Good. So we are switching (laughs) gears today and we are talking butterbeers. And we also have a good friend and fellow agent with us as well. Her name is Dorothy Holland. Dorothy, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you today?
0: We are great. Um, so, Dorothy, last episode we talked about Universal Studios Florida, Islands of Adventure, Volcano Bay, and CityWalk. So, you're our resident Harry Potter expert within ears, and so we wanted to bring you on to kind of talk about um, the Harry Potter book series and a uh, breakdown of Hogsmeade. So, are you ready for that? I am. Woo-hoo. So Yay! <laughs> I don't think we have any recent news for Universal or Disney this, this episode. We, um haven't had a whole lot come out lately. We kind of went over everything for Universal last episode and so far things have kind of stayed status quo, correct?
2: Yep, but we are just a couple days away from Universal actually uh, reopening the guests, so.
0: Yeah, so we'll see that. if anything changes once they finally, as Elsa said, open up the gates. But um, <laughs> I, th- I think I think we're gonna be presently surprised about how crowded they are, a little, very less crowded they are Um, and how the masks work and things like that. Because the the videos we've seen from our Universal Rep have been amazing so far. Uh, Have you guys had a chance
1: to look at any of them? Yes. And there's a webinar for travel agents tomorrow to talk about the new changes so that we'll be able to help our clients um, navigate the new world of the theme parks. And so I'm really excited about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's been some great great videos, though. It's good to see that there's been... uh, a lot of character interaction um, from a safe distance, but a lot of characters are uh, coming out at Universal. So yeah. good for them.
0: Yeah, I saw Captain America and Spider-Man on a platform from a little distance um, interacting with cast members as they walked by. So it was very, I was very glad to see those because I don't want them to go away. I want characters to, to be out, interact with guests and, you know, really give that extra feeling when you're on vacation. So,
2: yeah, I saw pictures of Homer and uh, Bart from the Simpsons RV, too. So,
0: Yeah, I saw that one, too. Uh, so, all right, well, y'all ready to get started? Let's yes. Start. Okay. <laughs> so. so, Dorothy, we're going to start with you the
2: same way we start with our other guests. So we're going to do this as kind of a little running uh, show idea here. So we want to start with some rapid fire questions for you. Um, we know our episode is really about uh Universal, but we're all Disney uh agents as well or or fans. So uh we're gonna start and Brian's gonna time you and we're gonna do uh 10 rapid fire questions, uh, mostly about Disney, but we we'll just do the same questions for everybody.
1: Okay, just you so you know, I qualify for an IEP, so you're not allowed to give me time tests.
0: <laughs> you're right. So Sorry. we're very good. <laughs>
1: just kidding. Uh,
0: but I will start the timer after Alan reads the first question. Okay. So that way that, that, that one doesn't count against you. Um, Josh's time to beat is 52 seconds. I think you'll be able to beat that one, but you do kind of like to tell, <laughs> You like, I mean, Josh likes to tell stories too, but I don't think Josh can talk nearly as much as you can, Dorothy. So we'll have to see I how mean, this one goes. I mean, I can <laughs>
1: explain my answers after the timing has finished, right?
2: There you go. Yes. 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 Definitely. So. All right. You ready to go? Yes. Uh, All right. So first question is, what is your favorite attraction at Walt Disney World?
1: Rise of the Resistance.
2: Nice. Mickey ice cream bar or ice cream sandwich?
1: Ice cream sandwich, hands down.
2: Uh, Favorite resort? Beach club. Okay. Funniest character to meet?
1: Officially, it's Gaston, but any character is super hilarious. If you come in prepared and have questions and, and are ready to engage them, you'll be stunned at how much fun you can have with them
2: true uh what uh, what would people be surprised that you haven't done at a disney park Tower of terror nice uh best disney soundtrack
1: princess and the frog uh
2: marvel universe or star wars pass oh uh disney villain uh if any disney villain you could become friends with who would it be
1: maleficent because righteous indignation is my favorite emotion
2: (laughs) oswald or steamboat willie steamboat willie all right, and before your vacation is over, you must?
1: Book your next vacation.
2: Oh, there you go. Nice. Josh said check seconds. out of the
0: hotel. <laughs> yeah. He said you got to check out. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, we're at 57 seconds.
1: That's okay. So. I, I had to get into bit about Maleficent. It's I, I cool. think the
0: Gaston one. I think the Gaston one. Oh, it's right. the Gaston yeah. one.
1: Because It'll see, be I mean, Gaston is so well-known at having such – fantastic interaction, being so hilarious. But we've had some great stuff with other, my little girl once asked Pocahontas what a what a blue corn moon was. And um, Pocahontas was not prepared for that question. And, um, <laughs> hilarity ensued. And then another time we had custom Coke bottles made for characters. And so when we presented one to Kylo Ren that said share Coke with Kylo Ren, a little glass Coke bottle, um, he was really having to hide how happy he was <laughs> because he was that's officially funny. not happy.
2: <laughs> I have seen some really great interactions where people take little um, handmade gifts and things like that to the characters and they get a huge kick out of it. So they really, really do. Going.
1: And they, they get to keep them.
2: Nice. Uh, Brian and I have already discussed, so we've, we've talked a little bit on a couple of our episodes about um, character interactions and how to get a great character interaction and we think we're going to do um, kind of an episode about that and things you can do um, different things you can get autographed things like that uh, mm-hmm. um, but again knowing your character story is when we keep saying is is great go in and ask them questions about their story you get a
1: great yes. interaction that way yes ask princess tiana how to make gumbo um that is tremendous ask tinkerbell where some of the other fairies are from um, Neverland, and and I mean we. She went on. I mean, my kids finally got bored. She was going on for so long, <laughs> and it was it was it was a fantastic story. Um. So yeah, you want to come ready to interact with them and ask them questions mm-hmm. and and get some answers. I mean, it's just <laughs> it it really makes character interaction and they will stay if you're at character dining they will stay at your table longer because mm-hmm. it's not just hi princess and take a picture and they walk away you you have right. to ask them things
0: yep that's true it's fun yeah all right we, um we had deal. we were at breakfast one time and rapunzel signed somebody's frying pan yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how'd you even sneak that in here <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a great idea so yeah um all right. Well, Dorothy, as I said, you're a resident uh, Harry Potter expert. Alan, you're a Harry Potter fan as well, correct? I do enjoy Harry Potter,
2: yes. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, not the, I'm not the fan that Dorothy is, but... I, I don't think anybody's a fan Dorothy is. <laughs> so, it's, She's got us it's, locked up.
1: It's the first <laughs> time my inherent nerdiness has ever been an asset. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Take it for what no. it is. It's all good.
0: Yeah, like I'm... I'm a fan. I like the movies. I really like the books, Um, but I'm also naive enough that, or eager enough, I guess, that if you mention something out of one of the books, it can completely go over my head. So I know enough to be a fan and to enjoy it, especially at the parks. Um, So we'll see how this goes, because I'm I'm not going to be very good with this uh, game we're about to play where we guess if it's a spell or not. So mm-hmm. definitely have to see how that one goes. But uh, Dorothy, what was your first experience with Harry Potter? Like, how were you introduced to it?
1: I read Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone when it was. I didn't get to read the um, British version. It came out in America a year later, in 1998. I was an, an unmarried adult with no kids, and <laughs> I, I, I have always loved to read. And so I read it and it was a delightful and compelling story. And the world was very real and vivid. I appreciated the tremendous imagination that the author had to create that world. And uh, I then handed it to my fiance. Were we engaged yet? Anyway, he's my husband now. He read it. Um, Sometime after that, a friend of mine had been refusing to read it and I I cleared all of the reading material out of her bathroom and left a copy of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone (laughs) in her bathroom. And about a week later, she showed up at 11 o'clock at night to borrow the second one. And um, so I read them as they came out. We actually took one on our honeymoon. Um, I read the whole book on the plane and then handed it to my husband who read it while I slept in in the mornings. And uh, whichever one came out in year 2000, I don't have that much of a mind for trivia. So we've been big fans since the books went to release parties. We are that kind of nerds. Um, I'm not ashamed.
2: <laughs> don't about you, Alan. It's all good. Uh, so it was kind of the thing that like, everybody was talking about, these Harry Potter books, these Harry Potter books. It was going around. Like, I, I don't have kids, so uh, it was kind of interesting. Um, I think I joined the fad a little bit late I think there were a couple of books out already before I got started um, and I, I did same kind of got started with the books and said hey these are really great and was excited to see him make into a movie very cool how
0: about you so mine's a little different I was um, an education major in college and for one of my classes we had to read an ungodly amount of children's books uh, we had to get I don't remember how many pages but it was you know, so many pages of children's literature we had to read. And we had to, we had to jot down every time we read a book. And one of the required books was the, um, the Sorcerer's stone. And, um, so I was like, okay, so I read it and then I got smart and I was thinking, okay, all these books are several hundred pages long. If I just read the entire series that cuts out all of my, you know, half of my work. And so once I got about through the third one, I really just kind of got into it and I'm, you know, back in 2000, I didn't have kids in anything either. And I had no idea what Harry Potter was before I was introduced in that class. And I was like, okay, so again, you know, three books into it. I was like, this is kind of good. And then I just, at that point, I was like, I have to finish. I can't just not finish reading the books and the movies are different. Yeah. So, um, cause we had to do a report also. And I, I read the book so fast. I didn't remember half of it. So i went back and you know, watch the movies. And, um, Yeah, it it helped me get an A in my uh, children's literacy class. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. I'm all about working easier. So, Um, but (laughs) working smarter. Yeah, working smarter. smarter. Um, Speaking of the books, though, Dorothy, which one's your favorite?
1: Order the Phoenix.
0: Any particular reason why?
1: I really like the way The Wizarding World came together. Um, and the members of the Order of the Phoenix came together and worked together and wanted to make a change in their world and wanted to defend what was right and good and stand together against evil. And I liked the way that they did that. I liked the personalities involved. I liked the way they protected Harry. I thought it was a very rich story and, um, it just brought in so many wonderful characters to get to know that I, I just really liked it.
0: Um. I kind of go, I think for me, I I think I really love the Half-Blood Prince because it fills you in so much on a backstory, Mm -hmm. but I think Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite. I just like the whole Sirius Black storyline, so I would would have to go with that one. But what about you, Al? So I'm going to say I actually went with Sorcerer's Stone.
2: Uh, It was just such a great introduction to a new world and um uh, dorothy's right the the way it was written it was it was practically painted i mean you there's so much vivid imagery in a lot of the descriptions of what was going on in there so just kind of see this um new kind of world open up and, and harry's you know understanding of it just like we were kind of trying to understand it from the beginning i thought was really cool so yeah it's a great stepping stone for the rest of them
0: Yes, it really is, and Blaine is reading them at the moment. And it took him almost a whole year to get to the first book because he'd read like three pages and stop. And he three so once he got like halfway through it, it sucked him in. And now he's like, I think he's on book three in like the last three months. So uh, it definitely, I think like you said once you get to a certain point, in that uh, Sorcerer's Stone. After that, you're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta finish this. I gotta figure out what happens, and you're just you're sucked into the storyline. So. Oh, yeah, and right. Harry's
2: whole, you know, home life with his aunt and uncle and crazy cousin and stuff was just kind of interesting. Um, and, yeah. and to be able to see him kind of escape that and go into this new world and discover it kind of with him, I thought
0: was really cool. Yeah, and living underneath the stairs. So, you know, it's starting there's up not very many people that. doing that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only in New York City.
2: <laughs> true. Yeah, I mean, you that's can get that's a nice apartment.
1: Yeah, That's it's a nice, a nice
2: apartment,
0: apartment
2: under the <laughs> stairs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, so, so what
0: about... Okay, go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> so what about least favorite books? What was your least favorite?
1: Me? Sure. Okay. Sure, yes. There's not a dud in the bunch. But if I had to pick a least favorite, I always have to go with Goblin of Fire.
2: Okay. Any particular reason?
1: Um. No, i well i mean i didn't like the terribly sad event that happens um i preferred more interaction with the people of hogwarts and the british wizarding community than bringing in you know guest stars from other schools yeah. um i i i don't know i mean I, I liked them all but if i'm if i'm pinned to the wall i have to choose that one
2: I kind of agree. I kind of feel like that's, I mean, it's not a bad book. It's not a bad movie, um, but I don't feel like it advanced the story a whole lot. Mm. There was not a whole lot of growth between the characters that I felt in that. And it it was interesting, but if we had to leave one out, I could probably leave that one out. Yeah. What about you, Brian?
0: Mm, I would i would say it's probably one of the earlier ones um either these um sorcerer's stone or the chamber of secrets mainly because i really liked as they got older they became more involved with the whole idea of we got to defend the world we gotta you know it's our mission to take down evil Uh, in the beginning books you really didn't have that you had the buildup of what's going on why is he after harry uh, harry trying to figure out who he is and what this whole you know, new world is to him. So um, yeah, I would say it's probably those two because I feel like to me, I'm more of an action type guy and I think the later books had more action in them. So
1: that's
0: true.
1: And It follows in the great tradition of not just British children's literature, but all great children's literature where somehow we're left with children that have to save the world. Um, <laughs> all of the best stories have to get rid of the adults somehow. Um, so that the focus can be on the kids, otherwise it won't be interesting to children. And it's not always saving the world, but, I mean, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, they're saving the world. They have left the children. The Oz series, a lot of people don't know there were 14 Wizard of Oz books. Mm-hmm. Um, Dorothy travels to Oz. She's away from from her aunt and uncle. Um, and, it, and it goes Goonies. on and on and on. Goonies.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> which isn't literature, but it's definitely a kid's story. Yep. But, yes, okay. um, all the very best, most beloved Fiction in children's literature is a kid who's got to save the world or save somebody or do some huge task that kids don't normally do Um, And it's the same for us as adults loving superheroes and things like this It's it's a rich fantasy life of doing things that we can't do on our own Um, But for kids they have to get rid of the adults that would take over
2: So I never really thought about it, but you know now we're talking about that is that um kind of feed into the whole um, set your sight on something and you can do anything kind of thing that we try to teach our kids.
1: It, it, it does. Kids. <laughs> it does. It does. I mean, we cool. our kids don't have superpowers and, and things like that, but, but they are definitely designed not only to attract their attention and give them a compelling storyline, but to teach them that you can do hard things.
2: Yep. You can do more than you expect. Yeah.
1: That's a pretty cool
0: I, idea. I've never really thought of it that way. So.
1: And you took a children's literature course. Your professor didn't say anything about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that I took it paid attention is different. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. He passed it. He passed it. Yeah, that's all that matters. But I have you know,
1: Disney gets a hard time because in so many of their movies, the, the kids are orphans or the parents are put aside, but you know, their yep. first stories were based on fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Right. And it it's true. You have to have a plot device to write the adults away. And so in Harry Potter, they were doing things late at night when they were supposed to be out of their room. Um, different things were going on, but they were all away from their parents who might have had a closer eye on them than mm-hmm. the professors at Hogwarts did.
0: Yeah. And if you have a map, then they can't keep a close eye on you at all.
1: That's true, no. you
0: know
1: I at. would love to have a Marauder's Map and in Cloak and Invisibility. That would be very handy. A wand, oh, well I have wands. They're stacked right up there, but um, they, they only work at Universal.
0: Have you seen the uh, the face mask that's the uh, the map? So when you breathe into it, it's little footprints go across?
1: Yes, I have. Um, however, that's my, great. it's cute. I, I my, wanna
0: see that, that's cool. My
1: My 14-year-old daughter is a fashion major at our local art art school, and so when schools got canceled, she was, her assignment changed from prepping their designs and creations for the fashion show into making masks. Um, And so that was sort of a new thing, and so she's been making all of my masks. And I don't have that fancy fabric, but I did order Marauder's Map and Marvel and lots of Disney things.
0: That's pretty I cool. just want to know, you know, the masks are to protect you from anything, you know, getting ingested in your system and stuff. But what kind of chemicals are in that mask that you're breathing in to be able to make it change as you breathe? So, But the
1: masks are to protect other people from you, really.
0: That's true. That's,
1: that's why that's they true. want everyone to wear them, because it was about you, then that choice... Would be yours to make yeah but right. the primary op- object of the mask is to keep your exhalations getting trapped in it so that you don't potentially infect someone else unknowingly so that's why you know it was a union decision for all the guests to wear masks at the florida theme parks the unions yeah. wouldn't let their people work if the guests weren't going to be wearing masks
2: yeah right
0: yeah fair points yeah oh All right. Um, Which one is your favorite character?
1: I really love Tonks.
0: That that fits. That fits. (laughs) I can see that. So, what about you, Alan?
2: Um, I would probably say Harry, but um, I think uh, Ron is actually a pretty cool character he goes through quite a change where he really kind of he's kind of afraid of everything in the beginning and towards the end he kind of comes into his own and he kind of grows into it and uh, yeah so I'd probably say
0: Ron I, I like Ron too, and I guess if, so if we're going by the movies I would say Snape is probably my favorite mm-hmm. uh, I love Snape in the movie I think he did a very good job playing that that character um, I don't know i kind of i'm i think i'm with you on ron though in the in the books because he does come through such a huge change and at the end of it he's almost like a lifesaver like yeah he's part of the big reason why they were able to win per se so he's
2: got a couple you know, of I, moments like that where he steps up and is, is fairly heroic so That's kinda cool. yeah
0: i love the tonks one though that one i wasn't thinking that one like I, I had remus i had lupin you know but at tonks just flew under the radar.
1: I mean, I love so many of them. And, and her wand is gorgeous. Um, one of my clients um, gifted me her wand and I was really excited to have it, which is, That's I nice. mean, I know it was a wonderful gift. And I, I feel silly to be, you know, my age and be excited about a wand, but um,
2: <laughs> we all have things. I have a lightsaber, so we're there.
1: <laughs> um, well, I don't have the new fancy one, but I have, we have four of the Original of build your own lightsabers, and I also have the Millennium Falcon um, popcorn bucket. Nice.
0: Um,
1: nice. And a, I, I've got a lot of nerdy things. I, I was very <laughs> inspired by Will Wheaton. Uh, someone asked him at a comic convention, I don't know, about uh, did he have a message for her infant daughter as she grew up? And you should look up this this clip because it's fantastic. And his message was basically. Love what you love and don't be ashamed of it. Be who you are. If you love Legos, love Legos. If you love Harry Potter, love Harry Potter. If you love Disney, love Disney. Love who you love and you will find your people. You may not find them when you're young. You may not find them in high school, but you will find your people. So be who you are and your people will be there and it will all be okay in the end. Um, something to that effect, and it—I saw it when I had a, an infant child, and it—it it really spoke to me because I have always been the misfit. I have always been the square peg trying to fit into the round hole, and my head in a book. And uh, I love what I love, and I'm not ashamed of it. And I found my people, just like you said.
0: Or yeah. your people
1: you we're, are we're my people. people i know <laughs> i i'm i'm looking at you you are my people
2: no that's really great it's a great message for june too so thanks for that um and I, I agree it's i've always kind of uh more associated with the outcast characters and things so maybe that's why i'm a huge beast fan love the beast and his transformation and you know all that kind of goes on so yeah excellent so uh we have another question for you last one is if you can have one creature as a pet which would you choose?
1: Now are we talking about specifically Harry Potter creatures characters or just like the genre of like owls in general or frogs in general or whatever? Or a specific character creature? Any species uh, will yeah. go that route. Yeah. Whatever. Species. See, that's a tough one. I mean, the easy one is owl, but in out here in the mogul world they won't do quite as many things Mm. as um but um my nine-year-old daughter adores owls she loves them so i I, i'll stick with owl
0: nice what about you brain i'm torn i think between a phoenix and a hippogriff so i think a phoenix though that that would be kind of cool i like the whole rising from the ashes you know because we we get into a point where just because you lose doesn't mean you can't come back and i think a yeah. phoenix you know symbolizes that
1: so it's a great message yeah. I, I really thought about hippogriffs but we got a puppy and um recently and then i realized that um we go through so many little plastic bags with the hippogriff that i just could not commit to that
2: <laughs> so uh mine is going to be a lot larger than those i would love to have a dragon maybe not quite a full-size dragon uh but at least you know when hagrid uh hatched his little dragon norbert uh, that was a great size so if you if you could get a a, a miniature dragon maybe i think that'd be pretty cool
1: maybe <laughs> maybe would, one large enough
2: to be like a horse
1: would you be able to get you know fire insurance if you had a dragon
2: <laughs> <laughs> i imagine you'd have to have you know the right sort of um habitat for a dragon and it would have to be fireproof um yeah cinder block place maybe or Along those lines, but yeah. Don't want to go steal because you don't want to get it too hot and then hurt himself. So not that Or you just into this. or hurt you, your true, children, true.
1: wives, husbands, friends.
2: Exactly. It did
1: not work out well for Hagrid. <laughs> well,
2: but they took him away when Norbert was little too. So a lot of things didn't work out well for Hagrid, unfortunately. I, his, I, I that's true. He had some bad luck. Yeah. But he has a good heart. He exactly yeah. exactly
1: Bad things that happen to good people
0: <laughs> um i thought i thought a centaur at first and i was like that's kind of that that that's not okay i can't own half a human
1: so. yeah no i was thinking i was like and they would and they they would object <laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> they would tell you all about so, it yeah so you can't go with the obvious unicorn either you know
1: Yeah, I I definitely stayed away from the obvious unicorn.
2: Yeah. All right. That's pretty interesting. Great conversations there. things to talk about and think about. Yeah. Um, We want to move a little bit more into the Harry Potter uh, side of things. So I have a few questions for you guys. And we're going to ask you, um, you know, three or four different spells. And we are going to ask you if they are actual Harry Potter spells or not.
1: So we're going to have a spelling bee.
2: (laughs) Sort of, sort of, yeah. We're we're not going to spell them out, but we're going to ask if they're real or not. But
1: it's still a spelling bee.
2: True. True. (laughs) Um, I was trying to come up with some that are not the uh, easiest ones that we all remember. So Um, how about uh, Obliviate?
1: That's a real one.
2: Yes, that's a real one. That is a real one that sells to help erase memories. So that's a good thing.
0: My wife tests uh, on me every day. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, Relatio? No.
1: Hmm. I don't think so.
2: No, it actually is. It's supposed to force uh, the target to let go of whatever they're holding. It's like a release. Hmm. So interesting idea. So this is a long one. This is Triguna Makoides trachora Satis-D.
1: Wait, wait. Hakuna Matata?
2: <laughs> Close. It's Triguna Makoides Tricorum Satis-D. Is
1: that... Start with a T? Triguna? Yes. I'm, I'm wondering if you could have possibly made up something that long.
0: That's a, that's um, a Russian ballerina. I'm going to say no.
1: <laughs> it does not sound familiar to me i'm gonna i'm gonna go with no and i'll probably be wrong
2: so you're both correct it is not a harry potter spell but it is a spell from bed knobs and broomsticks
1: oh so you did uh, not make it up i i knew that that was not something you had made up <laughs> yeah
0: that, that was that <laughs> was, was very... too
1: very specific
0: yes
2: <laughs> all right how about uh impedimentia
1: that's a real spell
0: yeah i mean I don't know. They have all been real spells so far, but so I well, gonna say yeah, go but ahead. not
2: necessarily Harry Potter spells. That's that's
0: true. So yeah,
2: so impedimenta is supposed to be uh, freezing somebody that's advancing towards you. Uh, I had one other one that I seem to have lost. Do you want an easy one? Sure.
0: Frenunculus.
1: Frenunculus.
0: Frenunculus. I'm going to say no, but that sounds like something I would like, I'm going to start saying.
1: Well, so. <laughs> there's definitely, it, it seems like there's a, a Latin root in there and there's a Latin root and a lot of the spells. Um, so I'm going to go with yes.
2: It is that is supposed to cover your target and boils. Yeah, There's some interesting well, spells out a, there.
1: Well, a right. lot of the spells in Harry Potter are, are influenced by Latin. And Hmm. so you can often figure out the gist of what they're supposed to do if you have any familiarity with Latin or the romance languages. See what a nerd I am. I don't pick
0: Latin. Does that count?
1: i it does not.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right. That's pretty cool. Uh, You
2: guys did pretty well. Uh, I would like to keep going on. Yeah, I'd like to keep going on, but we have a lot to talk about uh, with Universal's Harry Potter, The Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So let's step into that. Uh, I wish I so, could. Oh, right. a <laughs> few more days. Soon, you be able to soon. I check in on two
1: the seventh.
2: Yeah. All right, so uh, you're gonna be checking in just a few days. And what you can find out is uh, that there are two major sections of the visiting world of Harry Potter. So the first one is Hogsmeade, and that was the um, first section to open. That is in Islands of Adventure. So it's in the back right-hand corner of the park. Uh, Later on, they expanded the Wizarding World of Harry Potter over into Universal Studios, and they created Diagon Alley. And Diagon Alley is um, over where Jaws and the Amity section used to be in the back right corner of Universal Studios Florida as well. Over in Hogsmeade, there's actually two major attractions now. Um, They started with the Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, which is inside Hogwarts, Uh, and they've recently added uh, the Hagrid's Magical Motorbike, And over in Diagon Alley, the main attraction is the Escape from Gringots. So there's some pretty cool attractions going on over there. Uh, And if you would like to uh, go back and forth between the two areas of the parks, um, you can actually board the Hogwarts Express. So this is, um, it is a train ride attraction, but it actually is transportation as well that takes you from one park or one area of the visiting world of Harry Potter to the other in the other park. Uh, And we just want to point out that to be able to experience the uh, Hogwarts Express, you do have to have a park-to-park ticket to be able to experience that attraction. Um, And I don't know about you, Dorothy, but I recommend people um, definitely ride it twice, once in each direction, because it is a different story, each direction.
1: It is. It's a different story, each direction. And anyone who's traveling with me that is interested in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, I insist that they get park-to-park tickets for that reason, because if you're a Harry Potter fan, you wanna ride the Hogwarts Express and without the park-to-park ticket, you can't even get in the station.
0: Right. And
1: I, I mean, the, he, this shows my level of nerdiness. I was with a whole bunch of Harry Potter fans when I went, but the first time I boarded the Hogwarts Express, there there was weeping involved. Um, <laughs> and 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 yes, I was at that time a grown-up woman, but uh, it was very, emotional because it was very real. I felt like I was really on the Hogwarts Express and it was just a really exciting moment.
2: Yeah, we talked a little bit about that and as a former um, team member for Universal Orlando and I was on opening crew of Islands of Adventure, um, I worked at both parks, Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure and was there through CityWalk uh, coming up, uh, becoming open and, and going live. Um, and I will say even going back now, as immersive as I thought the parks were before, I think, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter sections takes that immersive um, reality and just cranks it up to like 12. Um, oh, oh yes. an amazing job.
1: Oh, yes, it's unparalleled in theme park world. And in fact, all theme park fans of whatever brand theme park owe a debt to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal Studios Orlando mm-hmm. because it upped everybody's game. Mm-hmm. We have Pandora, we have Galaxy's Edge, because of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. that's true. And, true. Um, you know, the, the, the different theme parks grow and challenge one another. And we, as fans and guests, are the beneficiaries of that challenge and of what that's they true. do. But I, I contend that Wizarding World of Harry Potter is still the most accurate and immersive themed area of a theme park still. It, it is, they, they knocked it out of the park and everyone else, all over the world is scrambling to catch up.
0: Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, one thing, Ellen, maybe we should t- talk about, cause you say it was a train ride, but it's not your typical train ride. No, right? you said that there's a story one way and a story back. Um, so you're not sitting in a, in a train like you are at Disney world or, you know, one of those other theme parks and you have empty sides where you can get on and off on both sides. Like this is a full train car where you're sitting in your own little cabin and things are happening around you. So it looks just Um, like the train from the movies. Yes.
1: Yes. I mean, we said it was the Hogwarts Express. So Mm -hmm. I mean it it is the Hogwarts Express and it it has has a story. And so you have to go both you have to to go both ways.
2: You have to ride it both directions.
1: That's
2: (laughs) (laughs) right. There you go. It definitely is worth experiencing both directions because there's two great stories that go in there.
0: Yeah. And and you'll recognize things from the movie while you're writing it. If you pay attention to the movie and and, in the scenes, um, you will, you're full in the story. So. We don't give it all away,
2: but it's, it's a great attraction. Um, They did a great job. It's very realistic. It's very cool. So Brian, Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to tell us a little more about what's going on over in Hogsmeade at Universal's Islands of Adventure?
0: Yeah, so um, as Alan mentioned, it's in Islands of Adventure. You can take the Hogwarts Express to it and from it, uh, which we suggest. But you can also um, experience four different retractions there. And you have two for the family that everybody can enjoy. And then you have the two more intense ones that Alan mentioned earlier. Um, So you have the Hogwarts Express, which we've kind of gone over. And then you have the Flight of the Hippogriff which is a smaller coaster for your younger fans that just quite aren't ready for the big stuff yet. Uh, but everybody in the family can enjoy it. It does have a little bit of speed to it, has some Hills, but again, it is for everybody. Um, then you have the Harry Potter and the forbidden journey, which is a 3d 4d slash motion simulator. You do have to be 48 inches to ride that one. Um, it is pretty intense. I thought I was going to lose my phone on it. And, you know, I'm sitting there next to one of our, um, in-house team members, Cody, and my phone starts slipping out of my pocket. And so I'm, you know, squeezing my hip up next to Cody, trying to make sure my phone doesn't like fall out as as we're going upside, not upside down, but as we're tilting backwards. And so, you know, it it is very intense. You do kind of go every direction on it, but it's extremely fun. And um, the next one is Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure, which you have to be 48 inches as well for that one um it is a thrill ride for sure it's got speed it has drops it has turns um there is a little hidden surprise in it that i'm not going to mention but you will see a lot of the creatures from the books in the store and the, story and the uh, movies while you're on the coaster uh, a cool thing about universal is every ride that has a family room has their child swap so Hagrid's motorbike has one of those where if you have somebody that can't ride it, but everybody wants to, uh, like both adults want to ride it. You have kids that can't, you can child swap and somebody just sits in the family room. And then when there turns up, then you just swap out. Um, and another cool thing about the ride is it's you're actually on a motorbike. You have one person on the uh, motorcycle and the next person in the car. I personally would rather be on the motorcycle. Um, but you get the same experience if you're in the car. So, um, like I said, I personally prefer, prefer, the motorbike. Cause I feel like you're getting a, you know, some speed with it and the wind's in your face, but, um, both of them are, are good options. You can't go wrong with either one of them. And then you also have two dining options in Hogsmeade as well. And that's the Hogshead, which is kind of a quick service snack type place where you can get some snacks and drinks, you get butter, beer, pumpkin juice, and they actually have dilly water there. And then you have the three broomsticks which we will talk about a little bit later as well but it serves breakfast lunch and dinner so it's more of your like your um sit down table service type restaurant so definitely both good options though
2: it's a counter service but it's a sit down area so it's an interesting kind of hybrid you don't have servers
0: at that particular restaurant but no but you do sit down and you can take your time you know most counter service i feel like you got to kind of rush through because everybody's looking for a table but this one there's plenty of room um, to be able to get breakfast. I think is a game changer because there's not many breakfast options other than at your resort. So, um, City Walk just doesn't have very many. So when you get to the park and you get the breakfast, um, or if you get the package we're going to talk about later, it includes breakfast for, for that one as well. That's so great option. Yeah. So uh,
2: the Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey,
0: um,
2: it is an amazing attraction. Um, we do want to point out that if you are prone to motion sickness, this may not be the attraction for you. Yes. <laughs> um, you are.
1: It's a simulator. That's that's the yeah. most important thing because people who are, I, I get motion sickness. Um, simulator rides are worse than a standard roller coaster for mm-hmm. a lot of reasons. And Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey is is kind of harsh on people who get motion sickness. I take the non-drowsy motion sickness meds in the morning before I go to Universal um, for that reason. Um, Simulator rides are very hard for me.
2: Yeah, it's very interesting. So it's not the typical simulator ride where you're in a big enclosed room and the whole room shakes and there's a video playing in the room. It's very different from that, but there is a lot of motion involved and there you are watching video through a lot of it. so just keep that in mind if that's something um, that you are prone to, make sure you have something available, some sort of Dramamine. Um, I know a lot of the agents that we work with uh, have all used something called Motion Ease, easy, um, and it's a liquid. You put a couple drops under your tongue and they swear by it. Um, again, everybody's different. We're not going to tell you that everything is going to work for you. We just want to throw some ideas out there make sure you're aware. Um, it is a fantastic attraction, but yes, that one can make people a bit nauseous. Uh, And I have not had the opportunity to experience uh, Hagrid's magical creature motorbike adventure yet, but I believe you both have
1: Yes, yes,
2: and what what do you think of that attraction? Well, Brian was kind of telling us
1: it's um, It's currently my favorite roller coaster. I was not a fan of the coaster that preceded it Um, it gave me vertigo and uh, I had a rough time that day, but this coaster is phenomenal it is the longest roller coaster east of the mississippi um i I think that i understand that to be correct it's just a hair under a mile um and it's got an innovative technology with um multiple launches which is fantastic i'm not going to go into that or how many there are some things shouldn't be spoiled right um it's got a great storyline i love the option of either being seated in the sidecar or on the motorbike. Uh, If you are nervous, be the one in the sidecar because you feel a little bit more secure. Note, you are just as secure in both places. Correct. Just feels more secure if you're nervous in the sidecar. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was an incredible ride. Uh, It totally blew my mind. And I'm completely ready to go and ride it again.
0: Great it's really smooth you know you typically when you get roller coasters that are fast have multiple turns you know twists, launch points things like that they're they're really rough but i think just the kind of technology has improved lately that you know you don't feel it and i mean it's i didn't feel jerked
1: around Mm -mm. no
0: it is you would think if you're sitting there riding on a roller coaster on a motorcycle that you're going to kind of be all over the place but as Dorothy said you're extremely secure um your children that may not be tall enough or maybe too timid—they've got the sidecar. Both of them are secured just the same. Um, but it is—it is smooth. It is fast, and as she said, it, you know, just under a mile. But it doesn't feel like that. It goes by so quick that you just—it's not one of those where you just get on and you get it right off. But you don't realize how far you've gone. And I mean, it's—it is just an incredible ride. And I actually, the first time I wrote it was at night. So I really felt like I was flying through the forest, just like in the movies.
1: Roller so, coasters are better at night.
0: Yes. Yeah, true. Tell me I'm wrong. Especially that's that right. one. That's right. Because part uh, of that one then, like is the said, experience. Like just going through the forbidden forest. That, I mean, you take the roller coaster off. It's a great roller coaster. But then you add the setting in that's surrounding you. That really adds to it. Yeah, and you said uh, going through the fruit forest, you actually come and encounter some
2: creatures through as well. So yes, uh, that's pretty cool too. Yeah. And we don't, don't want to give forget, away all the secrets.
1: Don't forget when you do ride to the hippogriff, you get to see Hagrid's cottage. There's there's stuff not to be missed there as well.
0: Yeah, that's
2: true. So let's talk about those dining options next. So um, one thing that is really interesting. Um, and adds to the immersiveness is that when you are in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, you will not find hamburgers or Cokes. Um, there is no uh, typical American food in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter's. So uh, those sections. So you're gonna find things um, that fit into the English um, culture. So uh, I believe there's a bangers and mash. There are, um, oh, we had this amazing- um, Fish and chips. Yeah, the fish and chips. You get a banger and mash, um, shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie. The shepherd's pie was good. Um, there was another uh, like grilled toasty that I had that was really awesome. Um, but same thing, you won't find regular soft drinks. So you'll have butter beer, um, and there are multiple ways you can get butter beer in the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Uh, you can get pumpkin juice and gilly water. So um, gilly water is similar to water that you would find outside Uh, but you can actually put uh, different potions in your gilly water and give it different flavors Um, have you tried any of those dorothy
1: i have i've tried them all they are tasty um they are more drinkable and thirst quenching than say a standard butter beer, which is is a snack in itself i don't i mean it it is a liquid but it's (laughs) not It's not refreshing and thirst-quenching liquid, if that makes any sense. Um, I do prefer the frozen butterbeer. Um, The regular butterbeer is so sweet, I feel like um, my teeth are going to fall out. Um, (laughs) But it's important to to have some butterbeer. I I think my favorite form of butterbeer actually is the butterbeer ice cream, and Mm. uh, you cannot order a butterbeer float, but you can hack a butterbeer float. You have to finagle an extra cup from somewhere and put some butterbeer ice cream into the cup and pour butterbeer over the top and then you can have more room in the ice cream cup and you can pour the rest of the butterbeer in that one. And that's really a nice thing to have. Um, (laughs) But have have a few people to share that with because it's um, really sweet. But the butterbeer ice cream is fantastic. Don't bother with the fudge, it is not. Not as good. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah I I had the regular butterbeer too and it it was good you're right but it was it was very sweet um mm-hmm. it took me a little while to get through the whole thing not because I didn't like it just because it was very sweet
1: it's very um, sweet and not that I, I mean, don't have a
2: sweet tooth but when you're drinking something that sweet it was interesting it's
1: well and i mean my real favorite butterbeer is only available seasonally so i i don't always choose it as my favorite but the hot butterbeer mm-hmm. is entirely unlike the other the regular butter beer—it's more of a dairy-based beverage, and so it's kind of like hot chocolate, but hot butter beer. It's got sort of a butterscotch taste, and it's really good. But you can only get it, like I think, the end of November until the end of February. Early
2: January. Or something. Yeah. 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 I haven't had that yet either, but I've heard that one's really good too. There's about five different ways, I believe, to get butter beer. That's correct. Dorothy tells seven different ways to get butter beer. Hold on. Oh.
1: Maybe it's six. Okay, hold checking. on. Checking. Liquid, frozen, hot ice cream, fudge, pot de creme. Maybe it's six.
2: Six, yeah. There's a lot of different ways to try your butter beer, uh, and I definitely recommend it. You can't go to uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter without some butter beer.
0: No, it's it's like going to Magic Kingdom and not getting an ice cream bar. Like you can't do it. Or a dole whip. It's part of the yeah. It's it's part of the dole story. Whip. Dole whip. What I'm saying, like you know, it's it's that's just when you think of Harry Potter and if you know the story, they're always drinking butterbeer. Yeah. It's like tea, you know, sweet tea or whatever, <clears throat> or Coke. It's, that's just what they drink. So that's what you have to drink. So.
1: Well, and that's why this theme park area is so immersive. It's because of Joe's books being so immersive and so detailed and so rich that they were able to just create this world um because she left out no details no she didn't and you know they try to put shops into theme park areas but her books were filled with actual shops mm-hmm. i mean they're basically printing money at universal because i got there and i wanted to go buy a wand and i wanted to go get butterbeer i there was stuff i wanted to buy just as much as there were things that i wanted to ride mm-hmm. and so when you take Diagon Alley in the books and movies is a shopping area. They then built it, and no yeah, one said, "Oh my area. gosh, it's all shops." We all went, "Ooh."
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things they've done is you can get. You, there's a lot of Harry Potter merchandise you can get, uh, you know, out in the Muggle world, so to say. But it, when you go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, you just it's there, and you have to have it. There's so you many have really to go to Ollivanders.
1: You have to go to Ollivander's for a wand, you have to go to Honey Duke's for um, a chocolate frog and Bertie Bott's every flavor beans. Um, you have to go to quality Quidditch supplies. You know, you've got to go into Nocturne Alley. It, it's, and all the shops have something to do and see, other yep. than just buying stuff. But who am I kidding? I have so much stuff. I, I, I have sealing <laughs> wax and seals and, um I, I have a quidditch room hanging on the wall over there i have a hat i have robes it's ridiculous
2: yeah it, it's great though it's it is really cool things
0: it is so dorothy you touched on all of um there's several different types of shows and entertainment that is within the wizarding world of harry potter and Hogsmeade specifically do you want to kind of run down the different options that they have and character meets um just the shows that they have kind of walking along the the paths just anything that people can do to just kind of entertain themselves other than ride the rides all
1: right over in hogsmeade they have this little stage area which is on your right as you approach hogwarts castle from hogsmeade proper and there they have two shows that that alternate over the course of the day you would need to check that day's schedule to know what time they would be that's not necessarily published in advance it's usually around the same times so they do change it up sometimes and so the first is the frog choir and they bring out hogwarts students in their robes with really gigantic frogs on cushions who sort of croak out various songs and it's cute and it's entertaining kids really love it because of course they they love slimy frogs um <laughs> the, the other show is the um Tri-Wizard tournament and it is they have students from durhamstrung wizarding institute and Boboton's academy that come in and show off their various skills and that's also fun and they come out and do photo ops with guests when the show is over both shows are very short um i mean you're not investing a whole lot of time and then they also have uh hogwarts lights the night which is a light and projection show on hogwarts castle which is, is fun to watch as well.
2: Sorry, so uh, what's it like to go into Ollivander's? So a lot of people are like, hey, you know, Ollivander's, we got to do it. What, what actually goes on in Ollivander's?
1: Okay, um, Ollivander's is definitely a show and not just a shop. It, is, it does have a presence in both parts of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Initially, they had only opened Hogsmeade, so they put an Ollivander's outpost there. And when Diagon Alley was added, they put the original Ollivanders in place. And the line in Diagon Alley moves more quickly than the one in Hogsmeade because there's more capacity. They didn't realize how popular an attraction it was going to be. Um, And also, I like that one because it's truer to the story. And I like to go to Diagon Alley first and then go to Hogsmeade because that's what Harry did, and I'm a nerd. Um, So (laughs) Ollivanders, you... Um, are taken in, in in groups into the shop that looks exactly like it did in the movie and the wands are stacked up to the ceiling and a representative of the Ollivander family is there and it is very much the same spiel and experience that Harry had as they talk about the wands, they choose a wizard from the group to have the full wand experience and hold the wand and move it and things happen. And um, then they are given the opportunity to purchase the wand that shows them or purchase another wand altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the line is longer than others. And I don't know what the the number is uh, but i would say probably between 20 and 25 people go in at a time i've never actually counted but that's my guess and only one is chosen to come up to the front they tend to choose kids over the age of about eight who are so excited they're about to jump out of their skin (laughs) but not always uh we did go through the experience three times once and my daughter got chosen on the third time through and it was completely worth it.
0: Nice.
2: Yeah, it's it's amazing how interactive that is too.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a couple of tips with getting selected. Um, We're not gonna give those away because they're private to our little company, you are you know, as experts. Um, But Alan, do you wanna kind of tell them what they can do with those wands once they receive them?
2: Yeah, so there's two different kinds of wands you can get in the Wizarding World. You can get the interactive wands and the non-interactive wands. So um, there are wands that uh, are replicas to many of the characters that you've come to know and love. Um, So you can get wands that look just like your favorite characters. Uh, And if you get the interactive wands, there are stations through both Diagon Alley and um, Hogsmeade that have magical effects you can do with your wand. So that's why it's an interactive wand. Um, there is a mark on the floor and you step up to the mark uh, and you cast the spell. Um, There's a map that they will give you that tells you um, where to go and which spells you can do. Uh, And as you practice and work through the spells, uh, different things will happen around you. So um, that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, And again, it's in both parks. Um, Those interactive wands don't necessarily work once you take them out of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Um, but it is still a great gift and a souvenir to have when you're at home. And you can take them back to the parks time and time again uh, and work your spell, uh, work your spells and uh, see what you can do. Um, they also will work at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, so there's that as well. And on top of the list of different interactive things you can do with your wands, um, there are some hidden activities that you can do with your wands. There's some that are not published, Um, They're a little sneaky. Um, We don't want to give all those away, uh, but just we want to make sure that you're aware of those. Again, when you book with Ears, um, we have some great tips for experiencing the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. There may or may not be some clues in there and some extra things you can do provided by Dorothy. Dorothy created the information that we share at uh, (laughs) Ears of Experience.
1: I'm really proud of that. Wizarding
2: World of Harry Potter. That's right. She did a great job. So there's some great information in there. um, And
1: And the the, the hidden wand spots are listed. The hidden wand spots are listed. I actually made that for my clients, and then uh, the head of the agency got a hold of it, and so now it's used agency wide. But that was how it started. I made it for my clients, and and so now we all use it. And
2: uh, and our clients appreciate it.
1: Well, I mean, I take it with me when I go, um, and some universal people looked it over, and they wanted to have it too.
2: <laughs> they said they, they
1: had no list of all the Easter eggs and, and hidden magic and they don't have it. Only our clients get it. It's exclusive.
2: We're sneaky like that. Um, and you mentioned Easter eggs. So that's one thing that Universal is, Disney does as well, but Universal is also very um, hit with creating what we call Easter eggs and hidden um, little bits of magic or extra throughout the area. So um, for the fans that were um Universal Studios Florida fans before the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. There may or may not be some Easter eggs uh, related to what occupied the space before the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So there's some cool things to check out. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of those hidden gems, like the uh, Harry Potter package. Ryan, you want to tell us about
0: that? Yeah. Yeah, so when you book a Universal vacation, you have the option to book a Harry Potter package, which starts at $119 per person per night, that includes tickets. It includes breakfast at the Three Broomsticks and the Leaky Cauldron. Early admission to the parks. You get a little keepsake from Universal, um, something Harry Potter related. I believe it changes every now and then. And then you also get a free session at Shutter Buttons Photography, which you can go in, you can dress up like one of the characters, get your pictures taken, and then you can, I believe, they're digital downloads that you get to keep with you. So, mm-hmm. um, awesome package for anybody that's a Harry Potter fan.
2: Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about shutter buttons uh, in the next episode, because that's at Diagon Alley.
0: Yeah. So, um, are are there any stores or shops that we haven't mentioned in this one, Dorothy, that we need to kind of go over that adds to the experience? I know Diagon Alley has several. Um, They have Wheezy's over there, correct, that people must check out?
1: Yes, they actually, uh, in Hogsmeade, You've got Honeydukes, which is very important. That is your wizarding candy store, and that absolutely can't be missed. And then over by the, there's the owl post, um, where you can get various postcards, writing implements, stationary things. You can purchase um, stamps that have pictures of Hogwarts and various other Harry Potter things there and you can then mail postcards to your friends and they get a Hogsmeade stamp, you know, like (laughs) cancellation, um, which is really cool and can make all your friends at home jealous. Uh, So I really do love that store because um, I like books and paper and pens and things like that. Um, And uh, you mentioned the Hogshead and Three Broomsticks, they're actually connected on the inside it's sort of one big space and so if you are dining in three broomsticks and fancy a butterbeer you can just walk right through into hogshead and order a butterbeer or they have actual beer and hard cider as well and um so that's really cool but over at owl Post, they've got sort of a little uh connected to olivander's they've just got a little shopping area right there and of course you don't have to go into the queue and have the wand experience to go into the sales area of Ollivanders where they also have wands stacked to the ceiling and um, lots of representatives of the Ollivanders family to help you go through the wands and let one choose you. And they are also do wand repair. If you return to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and your wand is uh, somehow lost its magic they will um, replace the magic for you and it will then work again. Um, and if you drop it inside the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, I assure you the magic will be lost and you will then have to go back to Ollivander's and have them put the magic back in.
2: Yeah. So they are interactive wands, but you do want to be careful with them. Uh, yes. They can be a little fragile, just, you know, Maybe you don't wanna carry your wand in your pocket like Harry did.
1: And definitely not in the wand pocket in your robes. Um, They don't stay. Be careful putting them in and out of lockers as well.
0: No, and you will encounter the weeping willow, so, or the whomping willow, so definitely protect your wands. You don't wanna get smashed. What? is there anything else right. we need to cover for Hogsmeade? I think we did pretty well with this one.
1: Well, I would like to point out that at the Three Broomsticks, they have a meal um, that is the Great Feast of Hogwarts. And if you are there with a group of people, you could not eat it by yourself. It's it's family style. And I, I think of it as the most Hogwarts-y dish because you can go into this place. You can actually sit out on the back deck and have a view of, of Hogwarts castle and eat many of the same foods that they have at the great feast of Hogwarts so the start of term feast. It, it goes by both names and that they, that you saw in the movie and it just feels like you're there. Also for moms, it comes with salad. So there's a vegetable involved even. <laughs> um, that and, is a uh, big meal.
2: I saw that. That is a it's, big meal.
1: It's a big meal. It's sort of a must do for us. If, if I'm not there by myself, which does happen. But when I'm there with the family, we always get the, the, the great feast or the starter term feast and enjoy that a lot. Um, and it's, you know, it's more fork food. Um, I haven't had anything that I didn't like at Three Broomsticks. Um, and I think I've had pretty much everything on the menu at this point. They definitely have British style breakfasts, which are great. And it is quick service, but the line moves very, very, very quickly. So don't be daunted if it seems really crowded. Um, It is not a long, long wait. The fish and chips are on point. And uh, it's just a great place to be. Sometimes I just go order a cup of hot tea and sit and enjoy the ambiance. It is very well themed. It is very authentic. And I really like it.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty cool area. You know, one thing we didn't mention was, um, you know, when you go to Disney, you have one central thing at each of the parks, you've got the castle, you've got the tree of life, you've got, um, Spaceship Earth. Um, we didn't mention what is at the front and center of Hogsmeade and that's the Hogwarts castle. Mm -hmm. So when you, you know, when you're going, as soon as you enter the land, that's one of the first things you see. And in Diagon Alley you've got, um, You know, we'll we'll go over that one later because that one's a whole other attraction in its own right. But um, just when you when you first enter the land and you see Hogwarts Castle for the first time, you're just, you know, you're amazed at the size because it's really not as big as it looks. But it is um, definitely a sight to be seen. So
2: it's a great photo op. Yeah, there's a great bridge there that kind of puts it, um, you know, up over your shoulder in the background. And it's it's really cool. Great photo op. Yeah.
1: In our guide to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, there it lists a small bit on the ground that you can look for in a specific location that will frame you perfectly in front of Hogsmeade's Castle for um, your selfies and other photos. Um, it's just, it's been marked in a specific way so that you can find it and stand on it. So that is great. There are views of, for good pictures of just the castle all around, but that is gonna put your best view with you in the picture and Hogwarts looming over your head. And inside the castle, uh, this is a situation where I strongly advise people to not use Express Pass or anything on their first trip through Hogwarts. You really need to be in that queue. Um, And where sometimes it seems like you're in the greenhouse forever, um, once you get through the greenhouse and go through the different classrooms, the detail is absolutely stunning. And the story begins in those areas with some projections and things that have the characters, like the original actors, um, engaged in a story. And so if you get to the room, for example, the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom, and you don't get a chance to see that whole clip from start to finish, um, let just press up to the rail, let some people go behind you. For whatever reason, they won't wait and let you see the whole clip, even though they're still gonna be right behind you in 30 seconds when you move up 10 feet. (laughs) It's not like they're having to actually wait to get on the ride, but they just keep pushing you ahead. Stop, enjoy that, particularly if you're a big Harry Potter fan. I was fortunate enough to be given a guided tour of Hogwarts Castle by a student, Um, all of the Universal team members that work in Hogwarts Castle are students and and get to choose their house and they they dress accordingly. Um, But we were given, it took about an hour, Uh, me and my daughters, when we were there for the 11th birthday trip, we were taken through the other queue and all the magical details were pointed out to us, things that we might never have noticed. And uh, for example, um, and they talked about things from the movies too, like if you've ever noticed, there's a griffin on the door knocker to Dumbledore's office. It's a griffin door.
0: <laughs> um,
1: and so that was a really fun and unique experience that, that we got. Um, it just happened. It was a little bit of magic. And, oh, a note on Three Broomsticks. Uh, not many people know this, but the design for Three Broomsticks at Universal preceded the movie. So in this case, the look of the Three Broomsticks in the film was based on the Three Broomsticks at Universal Orlando Resort.
0: Really Nice. Very cool. Big the trivia there. Yep. Yeah. You mentioned the different cues, and I feel like Universal did a really good job of keeping you involved and entertained while you're waiting. And we all know those oh, yeah. lines can get kind of long, but they you're in the story like the stories mm-hmm. happening around you. You're just not waiting in line like you are at some other places. And um, they they do it over at Hagrid's for the motorbike. Um, they do it at Forbidden Journey. They do it at the, you know, uh, inside Hogwarts. I mean, it's just so yeah. involved that you you really have to pay attention or else you get to the next stop in line and you're kind of lost, mm-hmm.
1: so. It, it's the best one though. It's, yes. it's the best immersive cue because of the nature of it being Hogwarts Castle and the familiarity that the fans have with that and the way that they feel like it is home. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah. JK J.K. said, um, I can't think of the whole quote, but it's no matter whether you return by page or by screen, Hogwarts will always be waiting to welcome you home.
0: Nice. Cool. And, and, and you can walk through every different area of that queue and recognize exactly where you're at.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Right. So. And it's another thing, too, that we're going to point out is the queues
2: are so cool. Even if it's not, if you're not interested in doing the attraction for whatever reason, for motion sickness or whatever, um, you can get a walking tour of most of the queues and see what is in the buildings and go through Hogwarts Castle um, and still get a good experience, even if you choose not to do the attraction. So that's worth noting as well. Well, I think that just about... um, brings us to the end of our Hogsmeade update. Um, We wanna thank everybody for listening and we definitely wanna hear from you guys. Feel free to comment. uh, What is your favorite portion of the Brazilian world of Harry Potter Hogsmeade? Um, What's your favorite attraction? What was your favorite food? Uh, Which version of Butterbeer do you like? We'd love to hear from you guys.
0: Uh, So make sure you uh, let us know what's going on there. Yeah. Again, thank you guys for listening. Dorothy, thank you for taking the time to join us. Um, we're excited to talk really to you on f 79 9 Yeah. It was fun. Uh, so we um, catch us next time as we talk about the Fantastic Beast series. And we're gonna dive into Diagon Alley of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Um, definitely leave us your feedback on this one. Like Alan said, send us your pictures, send us your comments. Um, who's your favorite character? Um, if you want for- more information on ears in our podcast, you can follow us on Facebook at Gears Podcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram and t- Twitter Twitter <laughs> at Gears <laughs> underscore podcast. And Dorothy, we always end our shows with a quote. Uh, most of them, they're Disney related. But the last two episodes, we've done Harry Potter. So would you like to read the quote from J.K. Rowling?
1: Yes, Brian, I'll be happy to. We do not need magic to change the world. We carry all the power we need inside ourselves already. We have the power to imagine better. J.K. Rowling.
0: And that's, that's perfect for the kind of times we're living in right now. So exactly. Yeah, I was just
1: Indeed. gonna say
2: that. Great choice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks so. for joining us, Dorothy. We really appreciate it.
0: Yep.
1: My pleasure. All right,
2: everybody. We will talk I'll to catch you guys, guys next episode.
0: Episode nine. Oh.
2: No. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Thank
0: you.